This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Bellman Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds walk away from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Pataudry for free on match days. Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round, and get fired in with our exclusive discounts. Head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pound of Foster's, a £4 for a pint of Moretti or Dark Fruits, or £5 for a pint of Fierce or a Daiquiri any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Red slight of foot there. Hello and welcome along to episode 143 of the ABZ Football Podcast. As live ahead of the final game of the calendar year for the Dandy Dons, I'm Gary Scott and joining me today, as always, is the legendary Graham Steele. Graham, how's things? Good, thanks. Yourself? I'm good. I'm not too bad. Thank you. Santa, good to you? I can't complain. That makes a change. Well, yeah, briefly. I mean, we're about to talk about the Dons, so probably can start complaining soon. Indeed, absolutely. Question at every Dons fan's lips, Graham. Do you think Stefan Gartenman managed to try some of James McGarry's mother's glazed ham? Uh, I don't think any of us need that mental image. No, no? Okay, well, let's move on quickly, shall we? All in all, a pretty short one for us today, as we're going to simply be looking ahead to the Dons' cinch premiership fixture with Motherwell on Wednesday evening at Pataudry. But I guess just before we get on to that, Graham, farcical scenes again on Saturday with the late, late call-off of the game versus Dundee at Dens. Uh, yeah, really, really poor. I mean, classic Scottish football, but really poor all round from those in charge. And what we've seen so far is obviously loads of fingers pointing in all different directions for this one. But yeah, you know, again, ultimately, it's the kind of average supporter who's been shafted once again in all of this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Dundee are not blameless in that their pitch was clearly something fundamentally wrong because they've had quite a few games postponed. And I, I think other than exceptional circumstances... I'm not sure games in the top flight should be getting postponed with the regularity that there has been at Dens. But in this instance, for the ref to just sort of turn up Half as cut. people are queuing, <laughs> <laughs> as people are basically waiting to be let to the stadium and then decide that he'll be blowing chunks after 10 minutes so the game's off is <laughs> pathetic. Yeah, and especially once you then see Dundee deciding to train on it later on, um, almost like just try to make a point about the fact that it clearly can't yeah. have been a player safety issue if they were going to let their players train on it. Um, just seems really curious all around because again, we even saw the example of, you know, Cove's game at home against Edinburgh City on Saturday afternoon. You know, they delayed it for 30 minutes just to allow the pitch to have the time to be cleared properly. Even if the ref did have a concern about the goal mouth in which I think we all saw the footage of him attempting to drop the ball in and okay, it doesn't bounce well. I've seen games played in worse conditions than that, it's fair to say, but... Yeah, I think the general consensus as well, you kind of point out that that's an area of concern and you give the ground staff some time to try and sort it rather than just going, yeah, you know what, it's off. And not even talk to anyone about it. Well, I think that's the crazy thing. The fact that the referee has decided that it's only him that has a say in this. I mean, surely in that case, if you've got concerns, you don't know, would you bring the managers over or you bring both squads and have a sort of conversation around, look, is everyone happy to play it? And if both sides agree then surely you go ahead. And if someone does get injured, you can't then be like, oh, it's a pitch because you've you've said you're happy to. I guess if 
players go out and like, no, nah, nah, we're not playing on that. Maybe that's how different. But for the referee, you just decide it's not happening at what ten minutes to two or there or thereabouts is just stupid. Yeah, there's so much of about it just really sticks in the craw. I think the, the ref didn't turn up till was it like twenty to two? I think it was. I read something like that. Yeah, um, which seems late to me. Um, I mean, yeah, that's I would after, agree. That's that's about the same sort of time the team lines are put in. Um, the weather forecast was known to everybody. It had been a pretty miserable day all around. Um, obviously, really bad treacherous conditions for anybody trying to leave Aberdeen as well that morning with the snow. Um, if there's any doubt at all about it, and, and as you say, Dens has a reputation, so I don't understand in that situation why, and I don't know who the responsibility for this does lie with, to be fair, whether it's the home club, whether it's the referee, who should at least you know, be looking at that and going, there might be an issue here. Yeah. And usually what happens there is you get a local SFA rep, a local referee to go up to Dens early doors in the morning and have a look at it and go, man, this could be a problem, or it's not going to be a problem, it's going to be okay, and have that early say. I think just the idea about and again, we're grumbling about it more because it's happened to our club this time. But, you know, it, having to leave Aberdeen on Saturday morning in the conditions that there were, because I I, I travelled away from, from Aberdeen on Saturday morning myself, it wasn't much fun. And to be putting people in danger like that, which ultimately you could potentially be doing for nothing, is just... And that's before you get onto the point where people who've paid for their buses, their coaches, train tickets, whatever, down there, none of that will get refunded, obviously. Um it's just all around a really bad look once again for the league about how we treat the paying supporter. Yeah, I think I said before, I said the people who run the game just don't like football or have no, you know, no concept of what it's like actually following a club because that's a decision made by someone who's obviously just decided, well, it's all right for me, I've got a short journey home. I don't know what everyone's warning about. It's just, this is where people just frustrated and fed up. There's never any dialogue or engagement with the people that... Uh, run the game they just make the decisions and you kind of feel like you're stuck with them yeah indeed indeed anyway right let's move on um of course that just means it just adds the fixture congestion later on the campaign for us i did quite like alan burrow's idea about the fact that because we have to play dundee twice in those games in hand maybe we just play them once and it's a battle for nine points or something in that game um get it over and done with but one more game to bring the curtain down on what has let's be honest a pretty incredible year following aberdeen all told mother will travel to Petodre on Wednesday evening in the cinch. Mull, of course, after their defeat to Sevco on Christmas Eve, currently sitting second bottom of the table, five points clear of Livingston in that playoff place. No wins in their last 15 games in the Premiership. A run that stretches all the way back to the 3rd of September. Manager Stuart Kettlewell, well and truly in the firing line at the moment, it's probably fair to say, Graham. I think it's probably fair to say as well, if it hadn't been Rangers that they played on Christmas Eve, it might not even be in the dugout for this one. I think you've got a, yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean, that record's woeful, especially when they got off to a reasonable start this season and they've just kind of completely fallen away, haven't they? Ah, they absolutely have. I mean, like I said, they had no wins in their last 15, um, played 19, won three, drawn seven. So that means that, you know, the math there tells you they'd won three of their opening four games in the league. Yeah. So you say they'd got off to a good start, drawn seven, lost nine. 420 against 31 away form wise they've played nine uh, they've won once on the road this season so far four draws four defeats they've only scored five goals in those nine games away from home as well and conceded 11 it was a 4-2 win for Aberdeen against the Steelmen at Fir Park earlier in the campaign with one of our better displays it's probably fair to say this season we were 4-0 up cruising before we let Malo back in with a couple of sloppy goals 
towards the end of that particular game. In total, at Tawdry in the league, the Dons with a very, very good record against the visitors. Uh, played 139, we've won 68, drawn 45, 26 wins for the visitors. The Dons with 262 goals in those games and against 155. That's a win percentage of 48.9%. Uh, the last time, obviously, the sides met at Tawdry, it was a 3-1 win for Aberdeen. In February this year is Duke and then a double from Boyamiovsky saw Barry Robson take home his first three points as Don's interim manager, Kevin Van Veen. Who else got the goal for Muddle? That one also saw a debut in the sticks for Jay Horter. In recent weeks, Kettlewell's kind of been going with a back three and we touched on this, I think, in the last show. It seems that, that this is very much an in-vogue formation in the SPFL at the moment. Five in midfield and he's kind of playing one in behind the main striker. Mika Bireth, who is on loan from Arsenal, is a player currently favoured as the one up top. He's got six goals in 12 games so far this season. Blair Spittle kind of just playing in the, the number 10 role behind him. In terms of goals, 20 in the league to date. That's an average of 1.1 per game. That's seventh in the league. 15 of those coming from open play against an open an open play expected goals of 13.35. So actually outperforming themselves a little bit on that metric. Three coming from set pieces against unexpected goals of 4.55. So a little bit underneath there, two penalties making up the balance there for Motherwell. Defensively, 31 conceded is the worst in the league. 18 of those from open play. That's the second worst in the division. Only St. Johnston have conceded more goals in open play. That's also against an expected goals against for open play of 18.17. So they're just about where they should be on that one conceded seven from set plays against an expected goals against of 6.22. They've conceded five penalties. Three of them have been scored so far. Perhaps tellingly, Liam Kelly, who's a guy who's coming for some stick this season, um, he does have the third lowest saves per match ratio of anyone, just 2.5 per game. Only Rangers and Celtic have lower numbers there, which you'd kind of expect because their goalkeepers generally aren't having to face too many shots. So Kelly, perhaps underperforming this season, or is this a bit like the Joe Lewis syndrome um, from a couple of seasons ago where he's not really getting much chance to stop anything due to poor defensive play, which is kind of borne out with expected goals against numbers? Uh, yeah, I think Lewis is an example where the statistics are absolutely woeful. But when you watch them, you're like, well, he's had nothing. Like he's, you know, he's had nothing to do. And then there's just a world he goes past him or an absolute calamitous error from a defender that you would expect the keeper to be, you know, not really set for a shot or something like that. I think it's probably a bit of both. He's obviously not doing particularly well given where they are on the table. But I think you're right when they're on that sort of winless run and the goals against, it's, it's pretty tough being a keeper in a team like that. It absolutely is. And as I said earlier on, especially on the open play stuff, you know, they've just about conceded the, the amount of goals you'd expect them to concede with the chances they've been um, facing. So it's not like he's letting in absolute like doozies it would appear I did see a couple of goals earlier in the season where I thought he was coming for cross balls that he couldn't really get and stuff like that and that probably doesn't that won't necessarily count into this sort of metric um, but it's kind of interesting and I think that goes to a, a, a team as well who are struggling you, you then see goalkeepers you know, try to come and claim things that they can't really get to um, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out um, in terms of style kind of somewhat similar to ourselves as well they're not really putting together long periods of possession play. They're definitely happy to go direct if needs be. Again, as we see with so many teams in this league, they're happy to give up to uh, territory. I expect them to try and do that at Audrey as well. Yeah, but I don't know if that really... It doesn't suit sometimes us. Sometimes us having the ball doesn't really suit us that much. Um, I think it... Yeah, which I, I just think that will mean that we will probably just resort to... Or there's a, there's a danger that we resort to just that sort of kick and rush. 
yeah, or we see what we saw against Livingston in the first half as well, which is okay, lots of possession play and lots of so playing in front of somebody without actually penetrating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. A team in desperate need of results. Usually, Aberdeen's about as good a team to face. <laughs> but our back-to-back wins in the league, both of them comeback wins as well. Hopefully, we'll have us in good spirits. We've had a wee break now with our game against Dundee being off, so tiredness hopefully can't really be much of an excuse this time. I certainly hope not. It's not why I want to hear post-match. No, absolutely. What do you expect from us though, Graham, then, in terms of the way we go set up shape? Because despite all of our clamouring for a change of shape, um, despite the game against Dundee being called off, with it being so late, we did get to see the lineup that Robson was going to go with. It became clear that Robson was going to stick with the back three at Dens Park. Do you think he tweaks that lineup now that we've had a rest, or does he go with the same 11 that he was going to use against Dundee, do you think? I think he'll just go with the same... 11 because I feel like in general that's what we've seen the odd change of personnel but not necessarily a change in the shape of the team yeah because it was interesting the lineup at Dens obviously it, you know Baron and Povara were in the midfield alongside McGrath uh, Rubicic came back in from McDonald's um, after Ruby's suspension uh, McGarry kept his spot at left wing back after a pretty iffy performance against Livingston it did mean that Shinny and Clarkson um, got time on the bench I think the benching of Shinny has been much needed um, purely just to try and protect him a little bit more than anything else but like I say with that with that break now do you think he puts Shinny back in or do you think he'll stick with what he was going to go with at Dens and, and give Connor Barron a wee run out you're either going to get you're either going to get the team that he prepared for Dens and then he will swap out the usual suspects uh, for Saturday or he'll go with what I would consider the more normal team for tomorrow and the Dens team will play on Saturday. Yeah, okay, got you, got you. I don't anticipate him changing the shape or anything. I think we now saw that with the with the way he was planning to line up at Dens Park, which is kind of disappointing. Um, I would have thought that the second half performance against Livingston, or certainly once we moved to the four at the back, would have given him some real food for thought. Um, it could be maybe he decided he wanted to go back to the at Dens because you know Dundee have been going quite well this season, and he wanted to make sure that you know we didn't leave ourselves with a mountain to climb um, or we're certainly not going behind but against a team like Motherwell who are really struggling this season um, I'm just not entirely sure that you really really need to think about lining up again with a back three and kind of going that way it just doesn't seem doesn't seem right to me to do it that way No I, I know what you mean you're, you're at home with uh, we have a better team uh, I know we're not that far ahead in the league table um, but we've got better players in my opinion you're at home against a team in an absolutely woeful run of form just feels overly negative that's how I feel that's how I felt against Livingston as well it just didn't really send out the right message um, but hey there we go um, that's what it is I've just realised I made a terrible mistake earlier on the show by claiming this was our last game of the calendar year because it's not obviously we play St Mirren on Saturday which for some reason I thought was into next year but it wasn't so there we go um, let's wrap things up then Graham quickly um Predictions for Wednesday evening in the cinch against Motherwell Pataudry. Cold, wet, miserable, Aberdeen 1, Motherwell 0. Ooh, a 1-0 win. The Dons make it 3 on the spin. I like it, Graham. I like the... Robson uh, in. Robson in. I like the enthusiasm. I'm going to say that the Dons will put the nail firmly in the coffin of Strukkett or Wells Rain at uh, Fir Park. So it'll be Aberdeen 3, Motherwell 1, I repeat the scoreline from February. Uh, I don't know who's going to score, but hey, who cares? Um, that's what I'm going to go for. That'll be it. Kettlewell bins just before New Year. And um, yeah, 
the Dons climbing the table, hopefully, and ready to try and take on St Mirren and then Ross County before we do wrap up for the winter break. So there we go, Graham. Let's. I'll let you go now. You've got better things to be doing than talking to me right now. Um, and I've as got always. other things to be doing as well. I think there's some Lego that needs built. Um, so we're going to get cracking on that. So that's going to wrap up this short episode of the ABZ Football Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Please remember to like, subscribe, follow, or whatever you might do on your podcast player of choice. Join us next time out for episode 144, where we will look back on the game against Budwell, and then we'll look ahead to our home game against the Buddies on Saturday. And I think just to make things easy, we might look ahead to the trip to Dingwall as well against Ross County on the 2nd of January. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Stand free. This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti, or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop taking supporters to Stadium for free on match days. Come on, you Reds.